All right, so I heard about these two women. They went to heaven. And uh, Peter met him at the gates, and they, he said, I only have one rule for you. Don't step on a duck. See all the ducks running around? Don't step on one. So they said, okay. Well, sooner or later, the, the, one of the women accidentally stepped on a duck. Peter came over and said, all right, you stepped on a duck. Now your punishment. Brings her over. Uh, the ugliest, homeliest, smelliest, unkept man alive in heaven and chains her to him. Said, that's what you get for stepping on a duck. So they were going through life, you know, these two gals. And one day, St. Peter comes over and brings this beautiful, wonderful, handsome, model, stud guy and, 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 and handcuffs her to the other woman. And she says to the guy, I don't know what I deserve to get this. And he says, me neither. All I did was step on a duck. <laughs> You're going to get that later. You're going to get that later. All right. <laughs> okay. This is uh, the word realized, and my task today is talking about Jesus. Can I talk about Jesus in church? That's good. Uh, you probably should belt, seat, seat belt yourself because we've got a, a lot of ground to cover. I told uh, Bethany, I said, this is really a four-part series, so you got to pay attention. you got to pay attention here, and I'm going to do some teaching, and then I'm going to do some preaching. Part one, Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word. John chapter 1 is where we're going to start. John chapter 1. By the way, if you're following along, most, almost all of the scriptures that I'll say are in the, uh, in the reading plan. Not the reading plan, but the Bible app. If you go to events and see the sound, you click on that. There are a few things, scriptures, that are not in there. So if you actually want to have a Bible open, when I get to Genesis 1, that's where it's going to be, okay? But we're going to do John 1 right now. In the beginning was the Word. God told me to pray, so let me pray. Thank you, God, for your Word. Your Word is truth. Your Word is powerful. Your Word is effective. Whatever you send it out to do, it will do. So, God, I pray that we would be open today to what your Word has to say to us so we would be changed in the name of Jesus. And by the way, Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through, uh, through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made. That has been made. I like how it said that. In Him was life, and that life was the light of man. We're going to skip down to verse 14. We're going to unveil the mystery that you all know. But the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the word. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is the word. Okay, so Jesus was with God. And in fact, Jesus was God. Now we're going to do a little Greek. Let's see, see if we can get it up there. No, that's not it. You didn't get the Greek? That's okay. We, I love Bethany. Okay, so I, sometimes I highlight things that shouldn't be up there, and then I, I highlight things that should be up there, and 
I'm just going to give you a little Greek lesson right now. Can I do that? Some of you are bored already. But it's very important. This verse is very, very important to our theology. It says, in the beginning was the Word. Say, the Word. The word. Okay, there's a lot of people that say, a Word. Because they know where it's going. Jesus is the Word. So they want to say, a Word. Except in Greek, there is no indefinite article. Do you remember articles? Definite article and indefinite article. Indefinite article, can someone tell me? A or a. Like a phone. Get me a phone. What's that mean? Get me just any phone. When I say get me the phone, that means I want a specific phone. Are you with me? Okay, there's no indefinite article in Greek. None. This is important. I'll, I'll, share, your, I'll share with you why. It says, and the word, by the way, that, the word there is logos, and the word was toward or with God. So this word was with the God. Oh, not just God, but the God. I'll teach you a Greek word. It's real easy. Ho. Just like hoeing a garden. Ho. That's the definite article. The. The word was with the God. And God was the word. Are you with me? God was the word. So there's one God. And it is the word. And he was always there from the beginning. God didn't create anything. He was always there because the Word was God. And we know now the Word is Jesus. That's my little sign right there. People in the kingdom need this right here. So this is super important for two reasons. Number one, there's a lot of religions that believe, and Pastor Brian was has told you that he investigated a lot of religions, right? You know, in Hinduism, there's over 11 million gods. I wonder if they got the God. Because they got a God. They got a lot of gods. A lot of gods. So that's not what we're talking about here. Because a lot of gods means polytheism. Say it to your neighbor. Polytheism. We don't believe in polytheism. We believe in monotheism, one God. You think, why are you taking, what is this, some theology class? I'm trying to impress grace. I'm trying to impress grace. No, this is theology class. You got to know your theology or you get messed up. Well, it's all just, you know, it's all okay. There's another religion that says a God in this. They translate it in their Bible a God, like Jesus was a God. He was just one of the one of the one of the gods. No, this says Jesus was the God. So how is Jesus the God and Jesus with the God? Oh, we got two. Well, isn't that polytheism? No, because those gods are one. I could go into the Trinity. I can't do it here. I can't do it. I got to get to Jesus is the word. But this is an, is an important, important passage. I hope you just got that. You didn't have to pay extra in the tithe. That was good. Wasn't that good, Grace? That was good. Okay, it would take about 30 minutes to really break this off. But 
This is important that we believe, that we see here in the word that Jesus is the God. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 30. Now put that one up there, young one. Then I was a craftsman. This is talking about, this is wisdom talking. Sounds like a person, doesn't it? Then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world, and delighting in mankind. Someone was there in the beginning. I wonder who that was. Huh. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Looks like someone was there in the beginning and it was God. Was it Jesus or was it God? Yes. Jesus is God. You know, I, this is just a freebie. It's not even in my nose. But Jesus, it's so... It's easier than you think to see it in Scripture. In John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus said, The Father and I are one. Ego and me. He, they said, he said, we are one. Now, some people say, well, he didn't. He wasn't talking about he's God. Read on. The Jews picked up stones to stone him. And he said, which miracle are you going to stone me for? And they said, we're not going to stone you for a miracle. We're going to stone you because you said you're God. See, they knew what he was saying. He, Jesus, is God. Are you with me? And Jesus is the word. Right? Okay, have I, have I just bored everyone to tears? Okay, let's move on. Genesis, these aren't in the notes up there. Jesus is the word. Genesis 1-3, and God said, Jesus, or Genesis 1, 6, and God said, God called in Jesus, or in Genesis 8, Genesis 1, 14, and God said, Genesis 1, 20, and God said, Genesis 1, 24, and God said, Genesis 1, 26, and God said, there's a lot of saids. Who's the word? Jesus is the word. Oh, man. The Word is creating everything. The Word is creating everything. Jesus created everything. And then God said in verse 28, God blessed them and said, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Whenever God tells you to do something, He gives you the power to do it. So the Word that God speaks is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. Jesus created everything. He was from the beginning. He was the craftsman. So, the Word creates. Now, here's the scary question because I'm not done teaching you all of this. There's two questions I have for you. Get in a little group. That's fine. What would you like to create for your life? And what would you like to create for people around you? Okay, what would you like to create for your life? And what would you like to create for people around you? Go. All right. Okay, so there's a huge lesson here if we'll embrace it. Are you ready for the lesson? Here it is. When we speak God's word, we create. Now, wait a second. Wait a second. 
Wait a second, you're going off the doctrinal deep end, Pastor. What do you mean? We could just create things? Like I could create a Ford Raptor? That's an F-150 special thing. Ford Raptor. Appear outside today for Terry. See, the thing is, when we, cre when we create, we move things when we speak God's Word. Well, guess who we're speaking? Jesus. And by the way, at the end of your prayer for something, when you say, in Jesus' name, yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> okay? It's not a magic wand. It's not pixie dust. Just say, in Jesus' name, at the end of your prayer, and it's going to work. No. When we say, in Jesus' name, what we're saying is, I'm saying this for him. The thing I just prayed, it's for him. He told me to pray that. That's what I'm praying right now. And when you, pit, when you pray Jesus' words, guess what? Things happen. When we speak our words, we can encourage somebody, but we can't move heaven and earth. We can't create. You know why? Because we're not the creator. He is. I know that this kind of thinking, this doctrine has been taken to the nth degree, and we're asking for Ford Raptors. I've requested, a, not a Ford Raptor, but an F-150 from the Lord. I said, Lord, could you please get me an F-150? I've requested that. When I hear Jesus say, I'm going to give you an F-150, speak it. Then I'm going to speak it. You see, when I abide in him and he abides in me, Whatever I ask, John 15, I get it. I get it. How come? Because I'm speaking the word. What's the word? Jesus. Well, can't we just do scripture? Can't we just speak scripture? Did Jesus speak scripture? He spoke what his father said. He said, it's, it's in my notes. I'm getting ahead, but it's okay. Bethany's probably going, hey, you're way ahead of yourself. It's good. He said, I don't do anything without seeing my father do it. And he said, I don't speak anything on my own accord, only what the father speaks. Are you with me? If, we, if Jesus, the incarnate deity Jesus, only speaks what the father speaks, probably a good model for us. So when we speak what the Father speaks, which is Jesus, the Word, things happen when we speak. But we just can't go out and claim the raptor. You know what I mean? Revelation chapter 19, that's not in there. Revelation 19.10, it says... At this, I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, do not do it. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus. Martyria, we get the word martyr from that. It's the testimony, what we've witnessed of Jesus. That's his testimony. When we get what we've witnessed him saying 
and we say it, it is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy is the utterance of God. When we witness or hear what he says to us and we say it out, now we're prophesying people. And when we prophesy that, guess what? It happens. You say all the time? All the time. Isn't there just one time? No, there's not. When we speak our witness, it happens. Oh, come on now. You're putting a lot of word, a lot of power in the tongue, my tongue. Proverbs 18:21 puts a lot of power in your tongue. We're not even getting to the words of Jesus. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. It has so much power. But let me tell you, how about supernatural power? The words of God are supernatural power. Isaiah 55, 11, So my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So when you're prophesying, you're supposed to be prophesying with the testimony of hearing Jesus. I heard Jesus say this. I'm going to say that. And guess what happens? Isaiah 55. That's what happens. How about when we say our own prophecy? It doesn't happen. When we say his prophecy, it happens. Yeah, but my prophecy was really good. Good, it's encouraging. I love prophetic words when they're encouraging. You know, I got this word a long time ago. I, I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again. I was at uh, a Toronto Vineyard back when all the craziness was happening, and someone sent me there, and it was crazy, let me tell you. So I was up there, and the prophet of the church says, you're going to have a ministry in South America. And I thought, what in the world are you talking about? I don't even like Mexico. I mean, I went to Mexico one time. They kept trying to rip me off. I don't even like Mexico. I asked him later, what are you talking about? I don't even like Mexico. And this is what he said to me. If it's God, keep it. If it's not, let it go. Well, that drew me in. Because he had no hold on God's word. You know why? He knew this verse. He knew this verse, and he, he didn't need to make it happen. God was going to make it happen. His word, he makes it happen. That's how it goes. Are you with me? Good. Isaiah 54, 9. To, to me, this day is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Oh, that's a good word right there. That preach. Isaiah 44, 26. Who carries out the words? <laughs> yeah, I bet you didn't even know this was in there. Who carries out the words of his servants and fulfills the prediction of his messengers? Oh, this is so good. It shall be inhabited. It says of Jerusalem, it shall be inhabited. And in the towns of Judah, they shall be built of their own ruins, I will restore them. In other words, I'm giving my prophets something to say, and when they say it, I'm going to fulfill it. I hope you're getting this. This is really good stuff. You know, Christianity isn't about us being good moral people. <laughs> it ain't it. Well, we just want to be a blessing and a nice neighbor. That ain't it. I'll tell you what's it, is we speak the utterance of God, and he fulfills it. That's it. Do you realize how powerful we are? We have so much authority. The devil doesn't want you to know you have any authority. Isaiah 45, 23. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow and every tongue will swear or confess. 
Jesus carried out his father's words as I, 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 that's where I jumped ahead. That's where I jumped ahead. I know there's danger in, in, a, in a teaching like this. I, I know there's danger inherent because people will grab it. Number one, people will grab it and say, see, I can say anything and God's going to do it. And other people will say, that guy's a heretic. Well, I'm just preaching the word here today. Not doing a lot of interpretation. I'm doing a lot of emphasizing. This should thrill us that we could create things, that we could speak things, and God will fulfill them. This is thrilling. No one else can do this. You go to Tony Robbins, you, you, get, you get some good self-help stuff. I mean, he's quite a speaker, obviously, right? And he's really big, and his head's huge. And all leading men in Hollywood have a huge head. They're used to. I don't know if they do anymore. Brian could tell you. Like Clint Eastwood, head big. I mean, Tony Robbins, he's just a star. And you can get, you can get good stuff from Tony Robbins that's going to help you, you know, with your life. But I'll tell you what you can't get. You can't get the power of God fulfilling his words spoken through you. You can't get that. So name two things. This is a trick question. You want to speak into your life. It's a trick question. I said it already. Two things. And just get with like one or two people. Don't get in a big group for this one. Name two things you want to speak in your life. And you're thinking, trick question. It's a trick question. It's a trick question. Go for it. Go. Okay, come on back with me. Come on back. That's good. That's good stuff. God wants you to speak what he gave you to speak. I was just talking with Matthew, and he was telling me his, and this is what it was for me. The other night, I just, I was remembering after I finished the sermon, and I didn't remember evidently the sermon that I just finished, <laughs> I needed to speak peace to me because I had all this strife. You know, when you think of something that's, you know, that agitates you, and then you speak about it, and you get more agitation, right? And so I'm like doing deep breathing. And I just, I just finished a sermon. This is what the Lord wants me to do. Speak that peace. I've already got it. I've got Holy Spirit. It's, it's peace is already there. So I need to speak a release to what he's already given me. Speak Deep breathing's fine. I like it. Speaking peace is better because it calms the soul. So that, that was mine. I don't know what yours is. The trick question was, what do, you, what do you want to speak into your life? It's what does he want you to speak into your life, right? I was doing Ford Raptor. There's still not one out there. I, think I sent someone to check. It's not out there yet. I, I'm, I'm gonna, it's going to seem like I'm going to switch gears real quick. I want to talk about Jesus and the Father. John chapter 14, verse 8. You can put that up there. Lord, show us the Father, Philip said, and, and that will be enough. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? This is what we do, though. Are you ready? Well, there's the Old Testament God and the New Testament God. 
I mean, Old Testament, kind of mean, angry, vengeful, wrathful. New Testament, Jesus, very loving, peaceful, right? <laughs> it's one God. So why do we do it? Well, we get confused between Old Covenant and New Covenant. We definitely have a better covenant, way better, way better covenant, no doubt. Jesus was the word from the beginning. He was active in the Old Testament. Jesus and the Father are one. Somehow we think that God, the God of the Old Testament, was ready to judge us. He was an ogre. Every time we crossed the bridge of sin, he was like, you must pay. And he was ready to judge us. But God doesn't change. You know, God that created the earth, God that was in Exodus, God that was in Deuteronomy, God that was in Numbers, God that was in Psalms, God that was in Isaiah, God that was in Jeremiah, God that was in John, God that was in Acts, all the same God. James chapter 1, verse 17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Read it with me. Who does not change like shifting shadows. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is what? Read it with me. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17, because God wanted to make the unchangeable nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs, me, what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it's impossible for God to lie. For we, have, uh, for we who have fled to take hold of this hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. What is the hope? The two unchangeable things. What's that? God can't lie and he doesn't change. He doesn't change. Well, wait a second. What happened when, when in the Old Testament? Let me give you a view that you may not have seen. Can I do this? Can I just show you God in the Old Testament? Enoch, he walked with God for 300 years, and God was like, I love you, dude. <laughs> I can't wait for you to die. You're coming home. He just loved Enoch so much he couldn't wait. Enoch probably had another 300 years, but I mean, those people lived for a long time. And he was like, can't wait. You're coming home. God was looking for another friend. He found one. In Abraham, he said, hey, walk before me. Be my friend. I want to bless you. I just want to bless you. He just picked Abraham. Hey, I want to bless you. I want a friend. He knew Abraham's heart, and Abraham was like, okay. And he did. Exodus, he found another friend. Exodus chapter 19, you know where his friend was? Israel. You yourself have seen what I did to Egypt, he said, how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Do you see that? Do you see the tenderness of God? That ogre, the judge, the wrath? Yeah, I guess he wasn't there. Exodus chapter 29, 45. Then I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God. They will know that I am the Lord, their God, who brought them out of Egypt so that, what? I might dwell with them. I want to live in your house. That's why he had a tabernacle that he lived in, and where'd they put it? 
right in the middle. Was it up the mountain, like where Moses got the things? No, no. He said, I want to live with everybody. I want, I want to be their God. I want to be right in the midst of them. You know who you want to live by? The people who you love. In Deuteronomy, he says, hey, Israel, you're a special Trevor treasure. He says it again. He says, I'm the real God. I chose you. You know, there is nothing great about you, but I just chose you. I love you. You're a special treasure. In, in Deuteronomy 14, he says, I want to be with you. I love you. I love you. I want to be with you. You're my special possession. You're my special treasure. Psalm 78, 58. Listen, listen to this. After he is set, Psalm 78 just lists the uh, history of Israel and God. And it says in verse 58, they angered him with their high places. They aroused his jealousy. Do you know when your jealousy is aroused? When you love somebody. If you don't care, then it doesn't matter. When I'm walking down the street and I see some guy macking on his girl, I don't care. But if I saw somebody trying to mack on my wife, oh, I would care. Oh, yeah, we would have an issue. There would be riots like Portland-type riots right here. Oh, yeah, I care. You know why? Because he would stir my jealousy. Why? Because she is my treasure. She's my chosen one. So God said he was angry. See, I told you he was an angry God. Wouldn't you be angry? <laughs> Our problem is we think he just stays angry. He's God. He gets over it. In our humanness, we may, may not be able to love again if someone betrays us in the marital covenant. God's not like you. So, <clears throat> God, <laughs> he's telling people, he's sending prophets, and he's like, hey, uh, you're forgetting me. You're forgetting me. You're forgetting me. For 490 years, by the way. That's every year, do you know what it is? It's supposed to be a set, uh, every seven years is a special Sabbath year. Do you know this? Okay, every seven years is a Sabbath year, right? And so 490 divided by seven is 70. So he says, you're going to go into exile for 70 years because that's what you owe me. Are you with me? Okay, here's exile. This is exile with the angry God. Are you ready? Are you sure? Because it's going to blow you away. Jeremiah 29, verse 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried away into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Notice the Babylonians didn't do it. He did. And this is what he says. Build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce. Marry, have sons, have daughters, find wives for your sons and your daughters. Give them and, and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters and increase in numbers. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you prosper. 
Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God, says. Oh, that's so good, isn't it? I could read that again. So this is the angry God. Okay, look, I took you to exile. You're going to spend 70 years there, but look, this is what I want you to do. Plant, build, and I'm going to bless it. It's going to be really good. And then get your kids and have more kids and let your kids have other kids because I'm going to bless that too. In fact, pray for the city where you're at. I know that's not your permanent home because I'm going to bring you back to Israel after 70 years. But while you're there, I want that city to be blessed because I want you to be blessed because you're in the city. Hello, Santa Ana, Costa Mesa, wherever you live, you name it. Pray for the city to be blessed. You live in that city. Don't you want to be blessed? I want to be blessed. I like blessing. Some say, are you, are you one of those blessing preachers? You bet I am. I'm not a cursing preacher. <laughs> he says, he says, pray for it. it. says, yes, the Lord Almighty says this. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to their dreams. You incur, uh, do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying, hello, lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. You know what they were saying? Oh, we're going right back to Israel. Don't worry about it. We're going right back to Israel. It's not going to be 70 years like everyone has said, all the other prophets. Yeah, they're wrong. We're going right back to Israel. God's going to restore us. And they put it in really religious terms. God's going to restore us back because we've repented. They were real good prophets, except that God didn't send them, and he said they're lying. that set right there. Verse 10, this is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed, hmm, for Babylon, I will come and I fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. Who's going to fulfill his promise? That's because he fulfills his word. That's what he does. That's who he is. And then this verse is quoted a lot. It's on people's walls and stuff like this. It's right in the middle of exile people. He is right in the middle of exile. He was angry. He sent them away for 70 years. And this is the verse that we come up with and claim. You want to say it with me? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Right in the middle of exile. I'd say this is the loving Jesus. He loves us so much. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I'll bring you back from captivity. I'll gather you from among all nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. He's going to do it. He is going to do it. Can you receive that today? He wants to prosper you right now. He wants to prosper your city right now. One day he will gather you to heaven. Mm -hmm. But right now, he has good things for you. Good things for you. But I'm here to tell you the gospel message. Are you ready? It's not pixie dust, all good. What he has for you, all good. But we would like to say, well, you get saved and everything is just all good from here on out. On the inside, amen. On the outside, 
Not so much. Jesus went through a few trials. He went through a few, few tribulations. We want to be Christ-like. Well, then you're going to go through trials and tribulations. It, let me tell you something that Jesus said. It's a great promise of prosperity, material wealth. Whatever you give up for the Lord, houses, that's in there. I'll give you back a hundredfold in this life. That's a good promise, isn't it? It's right in the word of God. Oh, wait, forgot the last couple words. With tribulation. Somehow we get think, we think when things go bad, God is mad. Paul puts it very well. I'm ending with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed. I added the we are. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Boy, that's the gospel message right there. Yeah, you're going to go through lots of stuff in your life, but God is going to be with you. And it might knock you down, but a, 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 not a wise man. A godly man, a righteous man, gets up seven times. He gets knocked down, he gets, gets back up. I hope you hear that I'm not teaching the whatever gospel that says nothing bad's going to happen to you, and you could just name it and claim it. But I will not speak a gospel that says you don't have any power or authority either. Because when you speak God's word, he fulfills it. He said it. I don't have to fulfill it. So, I don't know if I tied that together very well. I don't feel like I did. I don't know if I gave this justice and I'm not looking for, yeah, you totally did, Terry. I was really nervous with this message, really nervous, more nervous than usual. I just, sometimes God gives you a message that is, so powerful and you're just afraid as a teacher not to be able to articulate it because if we can get this that Jesus is the word and when we speak the word we speak out Jesus it's like we send him out but it's not our bidding it's his bidding because he spoke the word to us already and when bad things happen, it's not God. And Jesus wants to be with you in all of that. Because on the inside, that's where we're completely changed and we don't have to go through it anymore. Because he can sleep in a boat that's being swamped by water and then go, oh, all these other extemporaneous circumstances, well, I can take care of them too. Peace. Okay, now, I need to get back to my nap, and you guys need to think about the lesson that I just taught you. That on the inside, he was completely peaceful. But when he spoke his word, he calmed the outside. One more little caution. It's his word. Not just Bible. 
but his word coming to you. And don't get anxious. Don't try to make it happen. And don't put a time limit on it. That's one of our big problems. I prayed for my mother to get salvation from the time I was 15 years old, 1975, until she died in 2006. Laura went to this Bible study I didn't go to one time. I was working and doing something. And they said, I don't know, I've got a word for you that a thing you've been praying for for 20 or more years is you're about to get it. She came home and, what have I been praying for for 20 years? The only thing I could think of is your mom getting saved. I'm like, well, let's claim it. That sounds good to me. <laughs> right? I wanted it to happen. I really didn't get the word. Someone at the Bible study got the word, spoke it to her, but it started to birth something in me because I had always believed that my mom would be saved because God wanted her to be saved, and I was just standing for it, right? And so I'm like, okay. Then it started bubbling up in me, and I'm like, she's going to get saved. Well, wouldn't you know it, two weeks before she died, she got saved, now, I wish it would have been two years so I could have had a happy mom for at least a little bit. You know what I mean? She's pretty crappy. But the reality is, it blew my mind. But I had been speaking it for decades. Don't put God in your timeline when you speak. Let him do his timeline. He's God. He'll fulfill it in its proper time. Do you receive that? Okay, I want to pray for you. All right. Just relax with Jesus for a second, will you? Just relax where you're at. Just relax. God, I pray that people would have honest talks with you. That before we leave, we'd have an honest talk. I pray that they would have their view of you straightened out. That the Old Testament God is the same as the New Testament God, the God who loves and, and, and has chosen. God, I pray that they would believe that you deliver them. And I pray, God, that they would believe that they could declare your word as spoken by you and things would happen in your time. And Father, I pray that you would speak to everybody in this room right now about that thing. Whatever it may be. So, instead of getting with somebody else right now, I just want you to be with God. You and God. Just a few minutes and then the, the, the worship team will start playing. And then we'll, we'll be done. Your view of God... Believing God will deliver you or what you need to speak to change. What's it going to be? Because God has a message for you. God has a word for you, for your life. He wants to do something in you. He wants to do something through you. Spend some time right now and get that exact thing so you know what it is. Will you do that? Just spend a few minutes before you do anything else. Get with God and listen to his word.